0: And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Joining me, of course, is my co host, Matt Dudek.
1: Hey there, everybody.
0: Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find all of our episodes where podcasts are available, and more importantly, horizon roundtable.com and be sure to subscribe wherever podcasts are available and matt um we're kind of doing this in the middle of the week um rare for us rare for us um but there's a reason for that obviously um we've got the 2020 fall fan forum coming up uh next couple of episodes so we're definitely doing that um but this is way too this this interview was way too important not to pass up so because i'm really it, excited about it, I know <laughs> it was, uh, and you know what it's funny because, and I, i'm sure we we when jimmy and i first started restarted the podcast um a couple of uh you know a couple of years ago back in 2018 this was actually the one person we thought yeah maybe we should get him on and yeah you know, we got busy sorry <laughs> So, um, joining us today is um, former former UIC player Dikembe Dixon. Dikembe, thank you for obviously thank you for your patience, (laughs) and thank you absolutely for joining us.
2: No problem, glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, so obviously we, we, we were busy, and, and so too of you, and then I, I hate to start the story like right in the middle, but um, when we first came back a couple of years ago, you kind of began your pro journey, um, starting with the G League, and so I obviously have, um, tell us a little bit about kind of that whole process, kind of tell us a little bit about, um, you, know, how, you know, your, your experience in the, your experience in the G League.
2: Uh, my experience in the G League, it was pretty good. You know, I learned a lot there. They developed me like, man, like it was so much stuff that I thought I knew about basketball that I really didn't. So going into the G League, they helped me figure all that stuff out. You know, Uh, I actually loved it. It was a good experience.
0: Yeah. And so, where did you start? Uh, wh- you were you start which uh you started at uh which which team did you start out with? Uh, oh, Windy Windy City Bulls. You were a Windy City. Okay, so yeah. you were you you jumped. You kind of went uh, right down the street. Uh, they yeah. play at what? They play at what Rosemont or whatever they're calling uh, it these days.
2: I, for, I forgot the name of the gym.
0: Or it's called All State Arena now, isn't it? Yeah, it was in Hoffman Estates. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't recall only because of the fact that, you know, there's so many different arenas around, you know, the around the Chicago area, which, by, by the way, hint, hint, you know, since we are going to have a basketball season um, bubble location. So, Matt, get your bubble ready.
1: My bubble is so <laughs> ready. I'm ready to suit up. Um,
0: so how do I, I guess Um. I, I I guess this is a dumb question but you know since they, since you know the Chicago Bulls organization um particularly their G League organization uh you know has is in Chicago obviously they were they were very well of well aware of uh, what what you had done uh, what you uh, what you had done in college uh mm-hmm. so um tell us a little bit you know how you know, how, how that, how you came to, you know, the whole process, you know, did you have to try out? Did you, you know, what was the, what was the kind of the, that whole experience? You know? Okay. Well, what really happened was I ended up going to Lebanon first. Okay.
2: And I didn't really like it over there too much. So I came back and I think think uh my agent was like yeah the wendy city bulls they they've been talking about this so we're gonna set something up so i didn't really have to try out i guess they already knew like my game so i just kind of got on the team you know so but uh i came i think i ended up joining their team in like december so that's how that happened yeah i think they already been like kind of watching me like in throughout my college career and then, sure. uh when i end up coming back from lebanon it was kind of like yeah, we'll take them.
0: Okay, okay. So now I have to back up because uh, clearly I forgot the Lebanon part. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long were you over, how How long were you overseas in Lebanon? Um, I because I I, I, I be Honest with you, I don't remember that. Was it? Yeah, it, I
2: left. I left. It's well. I it was a dumb decision on my part. I was kind of mad that I didn't get drafted. So and then I got invited to the G League showcase or something like that. And I ended up turning that down. And I was like, no, I'm going overseas since, you know, I didn't get drafted, whatever, whatever. You know I was pouting. So I ended up going to Lebanon in about September. The G League showcase was in August. So I missed that. Went to Lebanon in September. I stayed there all the way to December 19th, I want to say. Something like that. And then I ended up coming back home. That's what, that's what happened. So I was only over there for a few months.
1: You came home for Christmas and never went back. <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> there you go. So, yes, I'm hearing going you,
1: hearing you even kind of talk about it. You can already tell, like, I mean, my, my experience with the Ken Dixon goes back to, to messing with him on, on Twitter when you were a sophomore in college and you were always a good sport. That's why I'm so excited to talk to you about it. You, you. I totally people.
0: forgot about this, too. Holy <laughs>
1: oh, no. He me Time of day, which is more than I ever deserve. So I, I always appreciate that. You, you could tell he's a good sport. But, uh, you know, it's funny even now hearing you talk about, you know, this kind of quick jaunt over to Lebanon and back. Yeah. It sounds to me like you're someone who's kind of grown up a little bit and you kind of, you know, you said it, you look back, you're like, it wasn't a good choice. I was pouting, yeah. you know, I mean, is yeah, there totally. a good, a good part of that? That's, you know, you just, we're hearing, you know, a little bit more grown up to Ken Dixon talking about, you yeah, know,
2: I, I grew up a lot, you know, it was a lot of stuff that I did back in the day that I wasn't proud of, but you know, I was young still didn't really have much guidance going up. So like going from the college thing to the pro level, I didn't really know, like Different type of way to handle situations. I was just being a big baby. So, yeah, I grew up a lot from there. If I can go back and change it, I would. But, you know, those mistakes made who I am today. So, I'm okay with it.
1: Well, if we don't mind jumping, Bob, I'm not sure how you had this laid out. But you talk about making mistakes. Um, was leaving UIC when you did a mistake? Or are you still – do you stand by Nah, your nah, path. I don't,
2: I don't think it was a mistake <laughs> at all. <Cool. laughs> I stand by that decision 100%. I wish I could have left in a better way, you know, than I did, but uh, I don't regret leaving.
1: I'm glad you left because you were about to do some scary things in the Horizon League to people. Right? <laughs> you know, like, the, the fan of me, you know, hate hated to see you go, but glad to see you go because you were about to destroy some people, I think. Like
0: No
2: kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think it was best that I had left. But, you know, uh, my college... My college career, I enjoyed every bit of it. You know, just some things just didn't work out, so I thought it would just be best if I left. I didn't want to transfer anywhere because uh, I made a promise that I, if once I left UIC, it would be to go play pro basketball, and I just wanted to keep that promise.
0: What's interesting in your situation, you're kind of – and I want to say you're kind of – we're seeing that a lot more often now where we're seeing players that are – cutting their college career short to explore pro options. And I don't know if that's something, I don't know. I don't want to call you a pioneer in that, but um, well, I mean, you didn't really hear a lot about it prior to you making the decision to go pro. Um, So what do you think? So when when you look at kind of the landscape now or the landscape in a non COVID world, (laughs) whenever that, whenever that's going to happen. Is that a thing? That's a thing. (laughs) Um, when you look at kind of the new, uh, the options that are coming up, that are, that come up for the, the, not just for overseas, but now obviously the G league has changed their kind of, uh, the, how they work with, uh, you know, not just non, uh, kind of early entries, but also, uh, high school students. It sounds like some of them are just going to jump straight to the G league, um, mm-hmm. When you look at those options, um, does do you see kind of a do you see kind of an advantage of going that route as opposed to um, as opposed to just spending four years in college and then you know working through that system?
2: Yeah, I think it's an advantage because like I think it's in me. I think it's like kind of pointless for people like especially like top recruits coming out of high school to go to college and just do one year, you know. So, like you do one year and then like. I don't even know if they're going to even go back. Most likely they won't. But uh, going out of high school, if you know you're going to be, like, one and done, I think it's a huge advantage because you get a big start uh, developing your game because coming out of high school, it's a lot of stuff that they probably don't know. And I think the G League will help because it helped me, and I went to college for three years. So I think it's a huge advantage.
1: And you said that you learned some things, like, you thought you, thought you knew basketball, and then you got into the G League, and then you – you kind of got more of an education than you expected, right? Yeah. So I can see what you're yeah. saying. You know, it makes sense if you're, you know, expecting to be a one-and-done one of these guys, then go go make, you know, a paycheck at least and, and maybe cut your teeth that way.
0: Yeah. And, um, know, oh, crud. lost my train of thought. Matt, back to you. <laughs> oh,
1: um, so, I mean, you, you left... In your opinion, did you leave UIC on good terms? Like, I mean, we only kind of get to see from, you know, the media fan perspective, but we don't really know what's going on. And that's kind of the, the joy of what Bob and I do is we just we just talk a lot and we try to get people to talk to us. Like, what was that environment like? Because it, it looked rough from the outside, but that doesn't mean yeah. that's really what was going on.
2: Yeah, to be honest, no, I did not leave UIC in good terms. It was a lot of stuff going on. It was just a lot of stuff that I was dealing, dealing with personally, so... Yeah, it didn't it wasn't a good look when, the way I left.
1: Do you still talk to uh, Coach at all, or is that kind of a, uh, a gone relationship, Coach McClain? You no,
2: know, I, I um, like I said, as I grew up, you know, I reached out to him, apologized uh about the way things went. Um, I wasn't I wasn't uh you know innocent in the thing, and nor was he. But, you know, I felt like I should be the bigger person. Just apologize. I just didn't want to keep holding grudges, you know. if I felt like it was kind of holding me back in a way. So I wanted to reach out. I reached out to the assistant coaches as well, uh, a few of my teammates. You know, I just apologized and let them know what I did was wrong. And whether they forgive me or not, uh, it helped me out, you know, just by doing that.
1: Was there an issue over like how things were gonna go in a heist? Because I'm I'm still convinced that, <laughs> that uh, co- coach, coach is a B, B level uh, movie villain. So like, was there a heist involved or anything like that, or not? Not, not was it more on court? Like,
2: it wasn't no heist. It was just. Ha, just kidding, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I just kind of felt betrayed in a way, uh, like the way the like the stuff that I did for UIC and. What I got back from it so I kind of felt like like I was nothing in a way so I handled it a certain way but I was a kid so yeah so I just apologized on that but I still stand by what I did
0: now if I remember correctly you were you actually had to sit out because you got hurt one season if I remember correctly Um, how did that uh, did did kind of that recovery period did that did that factor into your decision at all or yeah okay
2: yeah, yeah that did uh yeah my sophomore year I was off to a great start I was leading in the, like third in the nation for scoring uh it was gonna be a big year I was on the Julius Urban watch list um and then against DePaul I ended up tearing my ACL and during that during that uh healing process I just realized that like. You know, I really don't want to say it, but, like, you know, like, (laughs) I just realized that, you know, some coaches just, he did a lot for me during the transition. But, like, I just, I don't know. I just felt like when I came back after my rehab, a lot has changed, like, with me and the coach chemistry. Like, a lot just was different. I don't know what it was. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I always went to see him. I thanked him for everything he did for like doing my rehab sessions and stuff like that. But like things just wasn't the same when I came back. Uh, and I just didn't like it.
0: So actually, because uh, I uh, well, one thing that we did notice about kind of the Steve McLean years, and obviously um, have having both Matt and I having remembered how you know bad UIC had been beforehand before mm-hmm. then the 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 thing that we had uh, the thing that I definitely had noticed is that that Steve McClain had absolutely no problem recruiting. I mean, he, he recruited you. He recruited uh, Tiny Odiassi, um, mm-hmm. the three guards from uh, that just graduated last year: uh, Bowen, Adi, Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I mean, the talent is there. I mean, it, there is no dispute of that whatsoever. But it always seemed like when it came to you know, when it came to getting on the floor, it Looked like there were flashes of kind of what we expected talent wise, but it he could never seem to kind of get over the hump. And so it, it seemed especially the last few the last couple of seasons where it just seemed like, you know, he, yeah, UIC was hovering around 500, which, again, compared to where they were before was is mm-hmm. is a marked improvement. But it didn't seem like it was. It was it was better, but it wasn't as good as it should have been. Is and that's kind of what we uh, that's what I took from kind of the Steve McLean years. Um, is that so? Is, is that kind of do you do you feel like that there's kind of a similar kind of um, you know feeling um, among the players, or is that something that uh, is that something you felt personally that you you know you were you you didn't you felt like it wasn't you weren't getting to where you needed to go.
2: Uh, I felt like I wasn't getting to where I needed to go, but I also agree with you. Like, I think we was above 500 team, but uh, yeah. it was just, it was just like, everybody had different motives if that, if that makes sense. Like,
1: it like makes a lot of people, sense watching those games. I, yeah, <laughs> it really
2: a does. does. A lot of people that's like on the outside looking in would think, Oh, the Kimbe just want to score and et cetera, et cetera. But, Like, if you came to practice, like, I was all about winning. I was okay with scoring two points and we win the game or I have a bad game and we win. I'm okay with that because I know I would bounce back. Uh, I wasn't, like, obviously I could score the ball and stuff like that, but I wanted to let everyone know that I could do other stuff besides score as well. But um, I just feel like everybody had different motives and the coach wasn't really addressing those motives. He just let it build up and build up to the point where you couldn't fix it. So, yeah, that's that's just how I felt, like, I, I yeah, wish I, everybody was on the same page.
1: I feel like that jives with, you know, I mean, again, I was total outsider, but, like, you know, just seeing that, obviously, they've gone a different direction and all that, I mean, and just kind of what we could see on the court, I, I think that makes a lot of sense and kind of confirms what we, a lot of us have felt watching that, those teams for a couple of years. Yeah. Um. Well, have you had any? Any contact with Coach Yak and the people at UIC since the changeover? Or, like, as an alum, or is that not really how things happen? Like,
2: uh, no, uh, I don't really, me personally, I don't really feel like people at UIC really like me much because of the way I left, but obviously I don't care about that. But, uh, <laughs> so I really don't, I really don't talk to anyone from there. So, yeah, don't no really text me. Like, if me and McClain talks, it's me hitting him up. Just seeing how he's doing. Because throughout college, uh, him and his wife was there for me a lot. So, you know, I have respect for them, like a whole bunch of it off the court. Yeah. Me, what me and me and uh, Coach McClain had going on was like on the court related. Off the court, he's a great guy. He did a lot for me. So, like, I would never take that from him. But on yeah. the court, we just bumped heads a lot on on some stuff.
0: Yeah, and I know. Well, we, we had Jordan Blood on uh, a few weeks ago, and that he kind of what you said kind of echoes your, his sentiments about uh you know about his personal relationship with Steve McClain. Obviously, you know, he seems like a nice enough guy, but hey man, if he, <laughs> I mean, if I I swear I thought I thought for sure he did enough to save his job this year, but I guess I was wrong.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know what happened. Uh, I still talked to Ferg, Marcus, and Godwin so they they end up telling me and you know i just reached out to him and just just to check on him you know because i got a lot of love for him so i just wanted to make sure everything was all right but so yeah i reached out to him after that but other than that i don't really talk to any other the coaches and stuff no one from uic sure yeah so you
0: mentioned you mentioned you talked to the you know you talked to all those guys. Um, and so I guess the question I have is, you know, what advice did you give them? Cause obviously you, they, they were there for a couple of years after you left and stayed uh, the whole time. What advice did you kind of give them um, as they were kind of trying to, as they were trying to, trying to work through, uh, you know, work through the season. I know, um, I know at the beginning of last season, you know, there was a there was obviously uh, a point where Adi and Ferguson were out and there was just Godwin Bowen the whole time. So that would I'm sure that didn't help matters uh, wins and losses wise. But as far as, you know, ha, you know, that con- any conversations you had with them, um, you know, what, what kind of uh, what kind of advice did you give them to kind of, you know, uh, overcome that, ty- you know, overcome, you know, injuries and things like that um, to at least, you know, get to a point where, you know, fast forward to the Horizon League tournament, they're upsetting Wright State.
2: Yeah, um, I talk to Juice and Ferg all the time. So during their injury, you know, they reached out to me because it was mm-hmm. getting to them. So, uh, you sure. know, I just told them just be patient because you don't want to rush into it and end up getting injured again and then it affects you. In the long run, you know, uh, I told him like with my, my ACL injury, I was like, man, I was eager. Like I healed in like four months, but you know, everybody was telling me like, nah, we're going to do it the whole nine months. Cause I wanted to come back and, you know, help the team and stuff like that. But sure. Um, so I was just telling them like, just be patient. Everything will work out. And you know what I'm saying? I was just cause Marcus was getting down on himself and stuff like that. I'm like, everything's going to work out. Like you're a good basketball player. Um, just stay focused, cheer the team on, you know, and just wait till you heal and everything's going to work out. And next thing you know, they, they did very well.
0: But obviously, not well enough because the plane yeah. isn't there anymore. <laughs> so, obviously, kind of beyond, beyond UIC, beyond the G League, you, you recently spent, uh, you recently had another stint overseas, this time in Brazil, correct?
2: yeah
0: um so how what uh, tell us a little bit about that experience because i'm not i'll be honest with you i'm not familiar you know everybody talks about the euro leagues and everything like that so i'm okay. not really familiar with uh you know some of the uh some of the leagues down in south america
2: uh i was in a, a good league um they had uh leonardo uh barbosa the quick blur oh the yeah blur. yeah they had him out there um so it was a decent league um it was challenging, you know. Uh, everyone speaking Portuguese, so <laughs> didn't have a translator like that. So I kind of had to like learn on the fly. Sure. Uh, a lot of mistakes was made, but uh, you know, basketball is basketball. I, I felt like I could play anywhere. I did mm-hmm. uh, decent over there, so uh, it was nice. Nice weather. People was really nice. The only hard thing was just the coach speaking in Portuguese, and then I have to jump in there and go off what he said and just watch people in front of me, you know, and I've never been a person that can just watch everyone and go out there and do it. I had to be involved for me to understand. So Mm -hmm. that part was challenging, but you know, I got through it.
0: So I guess the question that, that obviously, you know, it's not even an elephant in the room. It's basically the elephant just, you know, pounding down Michigan Avenue at this point. Um, As you know, as you we're dealing with the pandemic and everything. Um, what, what was your, you know, what are your pros, you know, prospects professionally look like? Are you going to be heading back down to Brazil? Are you going to be looking at, go, looking at stay stateside and possibly go for another, uh, go for a, uh, another stint in the G league?
2: Um, I talked to my agent a few days ago and he said that he wants me in Europe this year. Cause okay. Uh, he said uh, the league that he wants to be in the NBA watches and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's the direction we're going, but we have to wait cause all this COVID stuff going on. So I don't know for sure sure, if it's, if it's like written in stone, but that's the goal for right now to get to Europe. Sure.
0: And I know that, um, and I know that they're in, in spite of the fact, you know, all kinds of things like travel ban. So they're happening. Um, I know that, there are still players that are you know, signing right now, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jordan Blunt is over in, uh, in, over in Spain. Now, yeah. um, Billy Wampler just signed in Germany. Um, by the way, spoiler alert, Billy Wampler may or may not end up on this, uh, uh, in a future episode of the podcast, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so it looks like in spite of the, kind of the hurdles that everybody's going to have to jump through. Um, yeah. it looks like at the very least, uh, You know, the 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 opportunity should probably come in.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: just going through, like I said, jump through all the hoops.
2: Yeah, I'm not really worried about like I've never really been worried about finding a job. I know I'll get one. Um, My agent just don't want to rush into anything and I get downplayed. And, you know, I'm saying the money situation and stuff not right. So he just making sure he go through everything nice and slow. So I'll be all right when I get over there
0: um any it, uh, it sounds like it obviously sounds like um too that obviously uh the the experience that brief experience in lebanon probably is in the back of your head too but you don't want to repeat of that
2: oh yeah yeah that was a. Uh, don't get me wrong lebanon i love the people there and the coaching and team there but there's i should never been over there to be honest
0: sure sure
1: um so i guess my question to Kembe is you know we i'd like to think somewhere along the line other you know recent horizon league players may listen to this podcast so with you having gone through this experience but you know you Wait, played you're a saying lot. that no
0: horizon league player would listen to the podcast really no i'm
1: saying i, ass- <laughs> I assume I, I i just assume they do listen to it so speaking to you know some of these players that he played against you know what is your advice to to these guys as they're finishing their college careers you know lot, horizon league does send a lot of people overseas and all that like mm-hmm. what what, what should we be looking for, you know, if you're a former player or as fans? Like, what what, what are we looking for from these players? What, what can we expect?
2: Uh, I would just, you know, the advice I would give to the players is, you know, make decisions, you know, think think all the decisions you make through Um, and just know your worth, you know what I'm saying? Don't just go anywhere because it sounds good and all of that. And uh, just be careful with the decisions you make and just think everything through. Don't go off like, your moods and stuff like that, and uh, to the fans, I would just say, you know, uh, if you was a, a fan of that player or whatever, just check on them every now and then, because you know, basketball players go through stuff as well. Um, I don't know if they would respond like me. I respond to all the fans that reach out to me. Uh, I Not just want to be, that. yeah, I just want to be different, you know. So uh, I try to respond to everyone as much as I can. I get a lot of love from that, so. All my fans, yeah. I just want to say thanks to them that they check on me all the time and they keep up with me no matter what. Even though I left like the team and stuff like that, they keep, they still keep up with me. So I would just say to the players, just make your decisions the right way. Don't go off moves. And to the fans, just still support them.
1: What was your uh, favorite fan base to, you know, kind of go up against? Like what, what gym did you walk in knowing you're going to have a good time that
2: night? Green Bay. Why? (laughs) Really? Yeah, uh, man, Green Bay, because, you know, we got in a little scuffle on Twitter, you know. um, My junior, my sophomore year going into my junior year. So that was a a game that I was looking forward to.
0: See, why am I not paying? See, how am I missing these things? Jeez. (laughs) Oh yeah, wait, that's and, right. I was in the middle of hell. That's why because I was yeah, me and one I, of the Green Bay. Because players I think your junior year it. was about the same time as when Cleveland State got uh that Gary Waters retired and I and we ended up with Dennis Felton, who if I'm not mistaken is still suing Cleveland State for firing him.
1: <laughs> Dikembe, did you say you got into it with a Green Bay player or fan?
0: Player. Okay. And a okay,
1: couple you gotta fans, tell us you know, jumped
2: what. What did you get into it with? I missed his this. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Oh. Uh, forgot his name. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure he's so gonna like, feel better about that. <laughs> no, no, I just, I just forgot. But yeah, it was a, uh, the big thing. Uh, I actually got in trouble by McLean about that. He's saying that I was being selfish and stuff like that. But I was like, I was talking, I was talking about the whole team, you know. Like I was, it wasn't just me, me, me. I wasn't saying anything like that. But yeah. I got in trouble for that, going back and forth with people on Twitter, fans and stuff. But I was just like, I just like Man, You
0: them. don't know anything about that, do you? <laughs> yeah,
2: I, just, I think like, me and Dikembe always had good interactions. I don't
1: think there was ever anything negative. It was just fun.
0: Yeah, I just like going back with the fans, like no disrespect to them. Oh, they wasn't oh, disrespecting uh, me. Now I remember you. There was one one of my fans. Oh, cripes. Uh, <laughs> freaking you. Uh, duh. <laughs> I forgot about him. That's yeah, so I just, like I wasn't I was thinking of it as a
2: basketball level, like, you know, just interacting with the fans, whether they they hate me or not. Like, I feel like that still meant a lot to them that I actually spoke back, you know. So yeah. I just like I just like doing
0: stuff like that.
1: Well, like so, I, said, I always appreciated it. That's for sure. Yeah. I,
0: yeah <laughs> the, like now no, I'm thinking like, OK, all the all the because I don't think I I think I'm pretty sure that if there was a there, there was at least one or two Cleveland State fans and I remember them both. Because one of them I blocked, the other one disappeared off the planet, and whatever. <laughs> um, Matt, you know which one I blocked. Um, yeah. The, uh, but yeah, and for reasons that I'm pretty sure, and I think the only reason I remember this because they incessantly tagged me in everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a good everything.
0: time. So, so yeah, I, Dikembe, I may have actually been part of one of the one of the dis, the quote unquote discussions you had with one of the <laughs> state fans. Not intentionally. I think I'm pretty sure that one of my replies was like, "Please untag me." <laughs> All
1: right. So Green Bay was your favorite place to kind of look forward to. Um, yeah. Did you have any other gyms? Like, they, I mean, the fans in Green Bay. You kind of talk about any other gyms or any other coaches that you you know you look forward to to playing against or seeing what they had going for. Was it?
2: I like. I, I enjoy playing against Cleveland State. I actually got a Scott My first scholarship was from Cleveland State. Okay. Oh, really? My first offer, yeah. So playing them. Yeah, yeah, yep. So that first that uh first time playing them was really interesting.
0: Oh man! Now you make now you make me feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Like you could have went to Cleveland and you and you started in 2015, like right after everybody transferred. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Have, you because you'd, you'd have played right next to Rob Edwards too. Yeah, if I'm so yeah. that would have been. Wow, what could have been?
2: Yeah, we would have did some damage for sure.
0: <laughs> we would have needed it too. <laughs> Thanks, well, to that was my First offer from Cleveland State. Oh no.
2: Let's
0: what other offers did have? you have?
2: Oh, man, I had a lot. I had Tennessee, uh, Kansas State, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, um, Marshall, um, DePaul.
1: So why UIC at that time?
2: Man, uh, to be honest, it's actually funny. Like, I took a visit to DePaul. And UIC kept calling. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to UIC. Like, that's not a big school. You know, I'm, I'm too good for that, whatever, whatever. And I ended up getting on the phone with uh, Coach uh, Coleman. And he was like, you already in Chicago. Just come check us out. And I'm like, all right, why not? So uh, after the De- DePaul visit, I go to UIC. And, you know, I meet everyone. And I don't know, like, what happened. I just fell in love with everything, you know and i end up on the way back to west virginia because that's what i was living at the time me and my dad was talking i was like yeah i think i want to go to uic and they both was like what really and i'm like yeah and my mom and dad was like well we support you and uh, we also like the school so if that's the decision you want to make then go with it and that's how i ended up at uic
1: i find recruiting stories just so fascinating because I didn't have that experience, you know. I, I went to school for music. Not, you know, there. Uh-huh. You don't have people beating down your doors. You're not taking 15 recruiting trips. You know, you, you kind of have an idea. So, I find the whole recruiting process just totally fascinating. And I know right now it's really hard for coaches with all the the dead zone stuff happening and trying to do extra recruiting online and all that. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really. Yeah, I, I, was, I think that's some of the coolest stuff in, in college basketball is just the recruiting process.
2: Yeah, it got it got kind of like. I was getting, I started to stress out because, you know, I didn't have no offers my senior year until around spring break. That's when I started picking them up. But I did like a couple visits and I'm like, man, dad, this is really exhausting. And he was like, yeah, I'm about, to, I'm about ready for you to uh, sign somewhere so we can stop all this. What changed
1: so kind of your senior year?
2: Uh, I you really know? don't know.
1: I don't know if you had like a big growth spirit or to, anything. I or? Went
2: to, no, I was I was always tall. I went to um must be nice. Nku camp and a Cleveland State camp my senior year, and that's how I got the offer from uh Cleveland State. I went to their camp, and once it was like once I got that first offer, everyone just started offering me.
0: Interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I have to I actually have to ask you about the kind of your your. Uh, going into the, cause you, now you were, now you were at, you spent your, what, the junior and senior seasons in West Virginia, correct? Yeah. Mingo Central. Yeah. Um, I haven't been in West Virginia in a while. My, actually my grandparents were, live, were born and raised there and no longer there anymore, but obviously, um, but what was that experience uh, like, you know, in, in, now, I, and I understand you, you played alongside your cousin during that time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, what was that experience, you know, what was that experience like? Cause obviously you're not originally from West Virginia and here you mm-hmm. are spending the last couple of seasons of your high school career, um, in West Virginia.
2: Well, um, it was a great experience, you know, um, I can't, like, I think it was probably only good because I played basketball, um, I don't know how it would be if I didn't play sports and I just moved to West Virginia, but, you know, everyone treated me well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really love Migo Central. Migo was one of my favorite high schools because I went to four different high schools, but Migo Central was probably my most favorite. So I claimed them out of sure. all my high schools. I claimed them.
0: Mm-hmm. I know what. Yeah, I, I know what it, because um, it's and obviously there's, you know, when you have there's obviously a different experience when you're you're playing away from kind of your, you know, kind of your hometown and things like mm-hmm. that, because I know we, when we talked to Jordan Blunt, he's obviously came from Ireland and was in, yeah. you know, at that the at, he was at the uh, he was at the Spire Institute in the middle of in the middle of, you know, in the middle of the, you know, eastern, northeast, north, northeastern Ohio and. Um, with you know where where, oh, where yeah, there's was, more where there's more there snow um, than you could ever want in your yeah, lifetime. <laughs> there yeah, they were Marcus. yes, told me about that's that right. When they,
2: yeah, when they got to UIC, they told me they went to school together.
0: Yeah, so that's so it's always interesting to hear about kind of the experiences of the the the, the kids who played it, you know, yes. who played their high school ball and prep school ball um you know, away from home for a little while before uh you know before before making a decision to go into college I mean and and I guess the other question that I would have is you know because you were you know because you're in the middle of West Virginia how did that prepare you for for your for college ball um in terms of um just outside outside the court you know having to you know kind uh, of see yourself outside the court
2: um I don't think I was really prepared for college, you know, playing high school ball. But uh, during uh, preseason, uh, my coach will always let, like, people that went to college, D1, D2, D3, they come uh, and practice with us and stuff like that. So that's the most experience I got with practice players. But, like, I feel like I got more experience when I actually got to college and started playing against people that was already on the team, like Ty and Paris and all of them. So, like, when I got there, like, I kind of just kind of every day just got better and better and better and better.
0: All right. Matt, do you have anything else?
1: Yeah. uh, You talked about, you know, it was easy to make all that transition because of basketball. What do you do when you're not playing basketball these days? What's your hobbies? (laughs) What are you into?
2: Oh, man, I barely leave the house if it's not basketball. I sit in the house and play video games like from like 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. What are you gaming on? Uh, I play the PS4. I play Call of Duty, 2K, uh, Assassin's Creed, Red Dead Redemption, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. Uh, I play a lot of games. I have like over 150 games on my PlayStation.
1: I feel like that's a common trend within college basketball players. Like, <laughs> I'm either on a court somewhere in a classroom if I have to be, or I'm playing video games.
2: Yeah, and i just, I just rather stay inside. I don't want to get in no trouble.
1: That's a good call, man. It's yeah, always a good idea.
2: Stay
0: well, aside. considering where we're at in 2020, that's probably the best idea ever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Definitely agree. No, I, I don't. Yeah, it's very. It, it's. Yeah, I really always have been fascinated by you know the the you know the games that are out now and just. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old and I don't play them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're not on my phone. They're not worth it. I guess. I don't... God. Okay. Enough of this. Get off my lawn moment. Um. <laughs> Uh, Dikembe, thank you very much for joining us. We we really appreciate you coming on. And um, again, you know, we we like I said, you know, when we first restarted the podcast a couple years ago, Jimmy Lemke and I, uh, it was kind of I don't know if it was in passing, you know, that we had said, hey, we should, you know, it was because it was right after you announced that you were leaving UIC. I think uh-huh. we had mentioned it like in the first one or two episodes when we came back and. <laughs> And it's like you know we should get him on, and we just never followed through. We we've gotten a lot better with the follow through lately. I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah th- yeah but yeah. Thank you very uh, thank you very much for coming uh, for coming on. Um, tell us, tell everybody where we can find you online.
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at the forgotten one underscore ninety six, and Twitter the same one same name. Uh, I respond to everyone. I follow everyone back. Uh, that's about it. Facebook, if you have Facebook, but I usually don't use Facebook. That's just for like the older people that that are fans of me.
0: <laughs> hey, watch it.
2: You're no, you're sorry, better
0: sorry. off. That's a whole other episode, by the way. <laughs> There's a point counterpoint with me and Matt on Facebook, and you know Matt Matt doesn't find it too bad. I think it's the worst thing on the planet, but that's a whole. <laughs> I I got I got, yeah. out, I got out I got out when the getting was good. <laughs>
2: yeah, so that's yeah, you can find me there.
0: So, all right. Um and that's going to wrap it up for us. Again, remember um Next, next week and the week after, we're going to be uh, we got the 2020 fall fan forum coming up, so you definitely don't want to miss those. In the meantime, uh, like I as I said before, subscribe where you can find podcasts. You can find us on uh, online at uh, Horizon RT and on Twitter, and at, uh, you can always. Get uh, catch episodes of the podcast on horizonroundtable.com and eh, be sure if you want to, you know, pick a, uh, pick us up on your Amazon or Google devices as well. So, thank you all for listening.